Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. One of the things I have loved most in my 25-year recruiting career has always been the stories that people tell. Stories of leadership, career choices, company ideas, and team building. My inspiration for starting the What Fuels You podcast came from being curious about people's lives and wanting to help share their stories. What path brought them to this place? What decisions did they make that led to failures and successes? Who influenced those decisions and what lessons were learned along the way? I hope you enjoy the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Debbie Rosemont. Debbie is a certified professional organizer and productivity consultant and the owner of Simply Placed, founded in 2003. Through her work, Debbie teaches individuals and groups productive habits and organized systems that allow them to maximize their email, time, tasks, workspace, and teams. She is also an author, founder of the National Association of Professional Organizers, the Seattle chapter. She's a wife and a mother and a friend, a very old friend of mine. Welcome, Debbie. Good to see you. Thanks, Shauna. It's great to see you as well. So fun to have you on the podcast. I was really psyched to see this is your second book, right? It is. Yeah, I um, published a book in 2009. So it's been about 10 years, uh, a lot of time in between. But um, yes, yeah. yeah, second book. How do you even what's that process? Like I've never written a book. So I don't know how yeah. that whole process works. You know, I was lucky enough both times to be involved with somebody who had a structure for the book and I could jump into that structure. So both books are part of a series. Yeah. Um, the first book was the six word lessons to be more productive. And that's part yeah. of a six word lesson series. And then this one is part of the one habit series. And the book is one habit for a thriving home office. Oh my so, gosh. I cannot wait. I'm yeah. so, you know that I need this actually in like prepping for this. I was like, what is wrong with me that I can't be vulnerable enough? I'm super vulnerable, as you know, in my home to be like, here's the, the exposure of me as a mom and the challenges of all of that, trying to keep everything organized and teach myself, my husband and the kids how to stay organized. But at work, I, I know that I need more systems and more kind of productivity hacks. And you're the expert. So I do need to hit you up for that. But before we get into all this, I want to get into rapid fire with you because that's all how right. I start all the podcasts. All right. Um, and they're specific to you because I did a little research. Okay. Um, not all of them, <laughs> but a couple of them are. So what's your favorite baseball game that you've ever attended? Oh, favorite baseball game. It was at the um, old Shea Stadium in New York, and it was the Mariners against the Mets. We were on a family tour to see all the uh, Major League Baseball stadiums, and this one in particular, um, Felix Hernandez from the Mariners, pitcher, doesn't normally hit. He hit a grand slam. Um, it was an amazing experience. I'll never forget it. Family was there. It was a great trip, so very memorable, and that comes just probably second to watching my son pitch. He has had oh. one perfect game as a pitcher. Oh. That has got to be number one. So the That's second awesome. maybe is, uh, is the Mets game, but the first I want to is... hear more about your kids. Cause I, I, I want to hear more. My mom yeah. tells me they're amazing, amazing kids. So of course, well, I, I love that we have with this family friendship, yes. but our parents are friends. So yeah, you know, I get the updates from my mom over the years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kids. What's, an, so, what's an app that you cannot live without? An app that I can't live without? Um, you know, Outlook. I'm just, I'm a big Outlook user and it really both um, accessibility on a computer, on my phone. It's my life on the go. So calendar, email, tasks, all that through one app. Yeah. 
Yeah. I never would think to say that one. That's like, just like in me, it's almost like my coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another one that you're like, oh, this is one that I have to tell you about that you don't know. Like I use Trello. Yeah. Um, Um, Do you know about Evernote? I do, but I've never, my husband uses it. I've never really gotten into it. It's a note keeping and organization app. And again, Mm -hmm. you can, um, you can forward emails there and store things. You can take pictures and store it. Uh, You can scan handwritten notes and it will search those. So it's a great um, app for kind of keeping information at your fingertips. So mileage numbers and shopping lists and recipes, all that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's even better. Cause now I, yeah. I'm starting to cook during COVID, especially uh-huh. I've been cooking, but I've been cooking a lot more Yeah, and I'm always like, where do people keep all these recipes? Cause yeah. I'll find one. And then I'm like, was that, I can't remember which, which website I saw it on. Yeah. So, that's so Evernote's kind of like having a bookshelf with binders on the shelf and you can have these stacks of notes. And so you could have a binder that said recipes. And then within that you could have, you know, different categories of recipes. It just makes it easy to find very searchable. Okay. I'm going to look at after we hang up. Yeah. Um, what is a ritual that you most often recommend? Morning routine. Um, hands down game changer. I think for many people, lots of people start their day in a pretty reactive, frantic way. You know, they've hit snooze a bunch of times. Now they're running late. They get up. They don't know what they're putting on. Kids have lost something, you know, in the, in the old days, pre COVID when we were out the door more often than we are now, um, then, you know, running into traffic, it's just a super chaotic. And like I said, reactive way to start the day. Opposite of that is having a morning routine that you design that gives you good energy and positivity and helps ground you for the day. So maybe a little bit of meditation, maybe some exercise or movement, um, some positive reading rather than just consuming social media or the news, um, some fuel that gets you going. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So thinking about morning routine, that is something I I recommend for everybody. And it can look different for everybody, but Certain days are better for my my yeah. um, mental health and my my start than yeah. others. I do like to work out every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, meditation I put into the rotation, but it doesn't make it in every day. Mm-hmm. Um, the gratitude thing I tried. I have a friend mm-hmm. who has there's like an app that you upload mm-hmm. three pictures of things that you're grateful for. Yes, yes. There's so many um, tools now yeah. to almost yeah. like set up our lives for success. So yep. it's almost like there's no excuse. So it's almost worse if you're not doing it. Cause you're like, well, I have every reason to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> lots of options. This isn't a tools. negative question, but it's, um, yeah. what's a habit that you're trying to break? Oh, I, procrastination. I think that's, that's a constant for me. And, and, you know, I, in the spirit of being vulnerable, just like our clients battle with procrastination, you know, there's many reasons why we might do it. I can be a procrastinator. Um, so that makes, makes me happy. I'm like, you feel human. I was telling my mom this morning, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like Debbie is like the most polished, poised, like in control, has it all figured out person. Sometimes. <laughs> it, it's good. It's good to know that you've got uh, your own challenges and that. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah. tell that's this question is actually perfect next because it's tell us something that we would be surprised to learn about you. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I have been told I have a superpower that um, is my nuclear nose. So the, the kids named it that. I can smell things before other people, which is sometimes good and sometimes not so good. Wow. <laughs> um, but just a, a really keen sense of smell, which is super interesting and not many people know that. 
Wow. Well, especially now you would know right away then if you had COVID, because that's one of the side effects. Absolutely. That is <laughs> losing, what, yes. your, losing your sense of taste and smell. And for you, you'd be like, oh, this is weird. Something's yeah, not right. That's right. Do you, do you like fragrances like perfume and room sprays and all of that? Or is it sensitive? Like, I don't like it. No, I do like, I mean, I, I like, I like things that smell fresh. I don't yeah. like anything super floral or super strong. In fact, I can be prone to migraines and, and yeah. strong scents are um, one of the triggers, but um, I like pleasant. I like the smell of, you know, fresh baked bread and cookies. Oh, well, and, you know, so, that. Yeah. that would be weird if you were like, yeah, that doesn't smell very good. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like I like to bake. So yeah. What is the best book that you have read in your book club? Best book we've read in our book club. You know, this is gonna go way back, but um The Red Tent by Anita Diamant. Um, I have it in my house. I've never read it. It's a really good book, Shauna. You'd like it. Um it's just it's rich with um history and it's a good story. It's got lots of um lots of elements that that make for a good story. So I'd say that's probably yeah. way up there for me. I, I will read it. And this is my final question. What is uh, the quality that you most treasure in a friend or friendship? Um, I would say, um, I'd say integrity. I think, you know, to be there and to be authentic and honest, to me, that's all wrapped up in integrity. It's kind of the do what you say you will and, and, um, Integrity to me in a friendship means that someone will kind of hold a mirror up to me too. If something's not feeling right, good open mm -hmm. communication, that's all wrapped up in that word for me. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think as you, at least for me, as I get older, I value those friendships that are kind of the unicorn friendships where you can like, you laugh, you cry, you can make fun of each other, you're each other's rock. Like when yeah. you hit on all cylinders, it's hard to yeah. find that. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of friendship is so valuable. And I think yes. that's the kind of friendship where time can pass, where you might not see that person as often as you'd like to, but it doesn't feel like it. You just pick right yeah. back up. Yeah. yeah. So I want to hear all about, I mean, tell, you started um, the company 2003, so uh -huh. 17 years ago. Uh -huh. um, and I read that you kind of said that selfishly, you were trying to um, escape corporate America and be able to, you know, be a, a mom and kind of do everything. Yeah. Um, how has it been for you? And like, what lessons have you learned as far as how you're running the business now versus 17 years ago? Yeah, lots of lots of pivots and turns um, by choice. Yeah, you're right. I did. I started the company um, in a time in my life when I had two very young kids and I wanted to be able to be there. I wanted to be able to volunteer in their classroom. I wanted the flexibility to you know, drop everything and go to a baseball game. Um, so yeah, I wanted my cake and I wanted to eat it too. And I thought that, well, you know, rather than work for somebody else, what if I started my own business and kind of followed a path and a, a message that I'd heard many times, Hey, you're good at helping people with this. So, so why not, why not do that? Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a fantastic journey most of the time. And as you know, there are days of being a business owner that are super challenging too, where you say, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm done. Um, thankfully, I never listened to that too closely mm -hmm. because- What I was the business model when you started it? Uh, primarily residential organizing and okay. part-time. So again, I, I wanted to kind of get get some experience under my feet. I had I had a corporate experience in human resources and financial services, customer service, uh, but I didn't 
hadn't run a business before. So didn't, you know, didn't have all those ducks in a row. So I wanted to take some time and provide service that I liked, but I also wanted to make sure to um, make it scalable and know that when I wanted to take it full time, which was just a couple of years in when the kids were in school more full time, that I could do that in the right way. Mm -hmm. So business model at the beginning was just me. So I was a solopreneur, I wore all the hats, I did all the things, and it was primarily residential organizing because I could pop into somebody's home, help them organize their kitchen, and pop back up and go pick up my son from preschool. So it lent itself well to, you know, confined appointments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And so how has it been, now you've got a team, how has Uh it been, um, you know, developing and managing the team? Do they come in with... um, a certain set of skills or just a desire to do the work and then you teach them how to do it? Like how do people learn how to be organized? Um, I have had a variety of employees over the years and some come to me naturally organized and that is their passion. It's what they love to teach other people. Others come having learned to organize and learned lessons that they're excited to pass on to other people as well. And they are um, especially excited and relatable to our clients because Mm -hmm. they have been exactly where our clients are. Um, When I hire, I'm hiring for things that I don't think you can teach. I'm hiring for, um, you know, strong work ethic. I'm hiring for um, positive personality. I'm hiring for um, just drive initiative. some independence because we're a virtual team and we have Mm -hmm. been um Mm -hmm. so you know the the idea that i can teach somebody the process of organizing i totally believe that it's what we teach our clients those that that want to learn Um, so i can teach somebody else to the degree where they can then um, turn around and and teach a client or help a client yeah i i think when i've hired it's been more for those qualities um, or characteristics that i don't think you can train Right. So tell me about the first book that you wrote and, and I haven't read it. I should have, I would like to read it. Um, I'll have to pass it on to you. Along with the red tent and all the other books sitting next to my bed, which (laughs) I need to organize. Um, What was that book about? And what were some of the key takeaways that you can share on the podcast? So the first book, The Six Word Lessons to Be More Productive, um, as I mentioned, it was 2009. It was the part of the Six Word Lessons series. So the book has 100 strategies to be more organized and productive in it. They all had to be written in six words, no more, no less. So that was a challenge in itself. Um, So wrote the lesson in six words and then got, you know, a couple paragraphs of explanation for the lesson. So the areas in that book centered around organizing your physical space, um, organizing and being effective and efficient with email, um, task management, I think we put some um, things in there on meeting management. So just how to be more productive, but in bite size, very easy to implement strategies. Mm -hmm. And have you had like a mentor or someone that's taught you or how did you learn this? I'm assuming from a young age, some people, and I'm kind of obsessed with organized people and I surround myself Mm -hmm. with a lot of them. But I ask like, did you learn this? Or is this something like, no, the opposite. I was in a chaotic Mm -hmm. home environment and I needed organization to create control and clarity. Yeah, I'd say the first. Um, It definitely was modeled for me. Um, You've met my parents. So they are pretty organized, structured people. Um, That was passed along and in fact expected that, you know, 
keep a tidy room and then you can find things when you need them. Um, I also just, I found from an early age, even as a child, like I, I not only liked order, but it was fun for me, which is kind of weird <laughs> for a lot of people to say, you know, when I had a, you know, box of crayons and they were all spilled on the floor, you know, to kind of group them by color so that when I wanted something that was reddish in mm. the box of 148 colors, I knew to go to this area, right? Um, so organization for me just made things easier. Um, mm. and, and is there such a thing as it being, you know, because I, I have, um, I would say that nothing gets lost in my house uh -huh. and people uh -huh. don't lose things in my parents' house. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff, you know, my yeah. family, there's just a consumption of a lot of things right. and that obviously creates more clutter. Um, I have now kind of passed this on to my own kids and it causes chaos and, uh -huh. and clutter is not good for anybody. But I'm wondering if it's at what stage it's too late. Like, how can I course correct as a mom? Yeah. yeah. So I think the first thing that I want to say is everybody has a different level of tolerance for stuff and stuff around them um, and stuff in their life. And stuff is not necessarily automatically clutter, um, too much stuff. And I think this is what you're talking about. Kind of an excess um, could be. So thinking about everyone in your family and their personalities. I mean, no, it's never too late to teach organization. I think it's the idea that um, we want to have things in our life and very accessible to us that we use often, that we value, that we appreciate, that we honor, um, that we need, right? And that we want. So it's not bad to have, you know, have things that you want in your life. It doesn't always have to be about need, but there's such a spectrum. So you've heard of, you know, probably the minimalist movement where, you know, some people Yeah, I watched really, that movie. I was like yeah. inspired, but also completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that extreme, right? So some people will take it and that's what they want. That's what they're working towards. They just don't want many things in their life and they want the focus to be on experiences and mobility and, um, and that sort of thing. Other people, things in their life can be inspirational. They can, um, you know, motivate. They can be useful, beautiful, uh, conjure up memories. So I think it's finding the in-between that works for you from the extreme minimalism to, you know, what on the other extreme would be hoarders. And yeah. hoarders are I'm people definitely that not a hoarder. I'm no, definitely not no. a hoarder. That, that is, again, it's an extreme. It usually yeah. comes with a lot of um, other issues. Oh, but that's yeah. someone who keeps things that have no value like a gum wrapper or um, you know yeah Do you, how Just, many clients have you had over the years that you'd put in that category a small handful and that's not our target clientele um you're it, like you need not apply well <laughs> it's i it's not well, um, i would imagine that's almost like therapy like it, you need to go to therapy yes. when i had um extremely disorganized clients and or hoarding clients i only worked with them with the understanding and agreement that they had a team which included a therapist because again there is much more going on there than the physical disorganization not my very area of specialty not a um, area that I chose to get extra training in. And I yeah. think there are people out there that do that are going to be a better service and a better fit. Yeah. So what's the best way if somebody's not inclined toward organization or they're not mm -hmm. the person I, I actually do appreciate the crayon example. Mm -hmm. I am that person hundred percent on the inside. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know if it's not laziness because I'm super driven and super productive, yep. 
it's more that um, I've got so many other things going that that right. gets kind of put to the side and right. then the crayons are in disarray. Right. Um, but I do crave the order. I crave yeah. structure. I crave yeah. order. I can totally relate to that, but it's not natural for me to yeah. actually take action on it. So if somebody's now pregnant, they're about to have a baby and they want to make sure that they set themselves up for success at, right. for a home life. Mm -hmm. um, what do you recommend to new moms? Well, one, ask for help. Um, I think, you know, that's, a, that's definitely a lesson learned as a mom and as a business owner is we don't have to do it all ourselves. Um, I'd say invest, invest in help where it's going to have the biggest payoff. And for some people that might be organization, it might be setting up systems, um, you know, for, for a new mom or somebody, I think any big transition in life or business is a perfect time to look at how are you organized and, and what do you need to change to mm -hmm. support this change in your life. So somebody who is functioning well as, you know, as an adult, and now they're adding in a baby into their life, they need to look around and say, okay, this is adding complexity in my life. It's adding responsibility. Um, it's adding an element that's going to take time. What do I need to change to adjust? So, you know, how do I set up my space to support this change? And how do I um, consider systems and habits that are going to make this be a happy change as well? Yeah. Well, I also remember because I was living in New York when we had our first two kids and mm -hmm. I had friends who were like, I'm going to buy the wipe warmer and I'm going to buy the, I don't I mean all the crazy yep. stuff that industry sells. And I was like, well, that's not realistic. I could be in the middle of Central Park and like need to change a diaper. And I don't really want a high maintenance child that needs, you know, a wipe warmer or a bottle right. warmer. Right. And I'll, I didn't have the space and I resented right. the overtaking of all the plastic stuff in my apartment because yes. I had yes. just a small apartment. Yes. Um, but I could see if I was in a house, I kind of craved that suburban Costco, you know, garage <laughs> energy. I wanted yeah. all, I wanted all the stuff that came right. with kind of the big house, the suburban life. Right. And then you realize it just kind of weighs you down a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's and you're true. Like, How many things do I actually use and actually touch? So right. when I've used your team, the best thing, and I'm sure there's so many things, even in your book, which I want to read the six words, like um, the acronym that I was taught the space one, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I would go into a project and I would want to just take stuff out and then just put it back, put, yeah. take stuff out and just quickly find a home to just get it off my counter. Right. And right. the discipline around the space, like sort purge, yep. sign a home. Mm -hmm. I use it. I tell my kids this like every day and then containerize. Yes. And the E was something about like keeping it up. But Estab establish habits. Oh yeah. yeah. Establish so habits. That acronym was something I learned long ago and I love to give credit to the original, um, author of this. It was Julie Morgenstern. So organizing guru been around a long time and she wrote a book called organized from the inside out. Great. Mm kind of basic comprehensive book on organizing stuff primarily. Um, she had this acronym space, which we adapted the established habits as a twist that we put on because I felt like you could spend time organizing a space or changing something in your life and your schedule. But if you then don't think about how are you going to keep it up, mm -hmm. it's not a good use of time. So what's so, an example of establishing habits? Cause I'm not going to uh, turn my camera <laughs> because you will see I'm on at my dining room, which is where I've been working through COVID. Uh -huh. And to my left, I have a huge basket of masks Okay. because they've just been collecting and I don't really know where else to keep them. Okay. I have my hair color that gets delivered now because I've been coloring my hair at home. 
Yep. I have random nail polish that got delivered. I, I have my bills that I need to deal with and, um, you know, a random notebook. Yeah. I just, I'm like, I don't know really where, where the masks would go. Right. So that's less about the established habits part. Although if things collect in an area that feel kind of random, then the habit could be once a week, assign a home. So you're, what you're really talking oh, about okay. is these things that you kind of have to go back two steps and say, well, where, where do they belong? Where is a good place for this? Do mm -hmm. I need to create space? Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, do other people need to know that it's here? Does it need to be labeled or do we just say, Here's I've become an obsessive. Oh, I have my label maker right here. Oh, I've become excellent. an obsessively, I mean, to an extreme, I labeled the fridge. I'm like pickles, hummus. My, my family's like, but to me it helps. Cause then when I go to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. I know what the main things are. And I'm like, do I have these things that we eat the most? I mean, right. hummus and pickles sound ridiculous, but we do eat a lot of <laughs> hummus and pickles and fruits and vegetables. Um, but I've become a little bit, I'm, I'm a little extreme in that way. Like I'll start to label everything. Right. Um, and I'm very proud. I like to show off. But the areas that I'm weak, that like counter right when you come in, we don't have a, um, what's it called that moms like to have a um, kind like, of action station. Is yes, that yeah. yes uh -huh. there were other terms that I've heard it called, but yeah, like an action station. Grand, or Grand, Central, Grand Central. Yeah, yeah just like Grand Central, where <laughs> yep. you come in, yep. where do the keys go? Yep. Where do all the invitations go in the mail and right. the kids' lunchbox and right. all of that? Um, what do you think it would take for you to, to think through that and kind of create or, or establish a spot for those things? I don't know, but it it's been like a challenge for years mm -hmm. I mean ever mm -hmm. since I've had kids I'm like I don't really have a system for them like yeah. this is a, well, actually we do now have like hangers and stuff but nobody lives mm -hmm. by it I have to be uh -huh. I have to be like all over it but I yeah. do like also the idea that I've learned from your team in working with them around um, almost like thinking of it as prime real estate like where's yeah. the best real estate to have right. um, your stuff and also to think of organizing like we do our um, silverware yeah. Like it's really clear. The spoons go here, the forks go here, the knives. Right. It's so easy when you're putting away silverware. That's right. And to have that um, system for right. everything. Right. Right. I, I can tell you've worked with Lynette, one of my, one of my uh, longest Does everyone employees. have their own things? Um, there are things, I mean, that's something that she brought to Simply Place, just that analogy. And um, so now we all talk about it and use yeah. it. But that what are some other ones? I need more nuggets because they work for oh. me. I like, I talk about space yeah. Yeah. to the kids because yep. they, I'll be like organized and they're just like quickly throwing things away. I'm like, no, 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 no. You haven't worn that forever. That's got like stains on it. Let's yep. Discard it. That's the purge, the P. Yeah, we, we love acronyms because they're memorable. Um, another good one with managing like paper, this could apply to email as well, is ACT, um, which is that we need to separate things we need to act on. Um, so things that require action away from things, or sorry, art, not ACT, action. Uh, reference, and then what can we toss? So if you have a pile of paper, at a very minimal, if you can separate this, I need to act on this, I need to keep for reference, and this I can toss. That's easy to remember. And um, there are more complex systems for processing paper and email, but that's yeah. a, a simple one to start with. I like that. And has yeah. there been a lot of um, scientific kind of brain study on this type of stuff? Like I'm pretty fascinated by it because my my brain just 
it is not organized. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. Uh-huh. And I have to work really hard to think in a process oriented way. Right. Systems are not natural for me, yep. but I crave yep. it. Yeah. So there's a lot of science around uh, the benefits of organization, around using some of these tools, um, around the idea of not trying to multitask. It doesn't really work. How do we focus on one thing um, at a time instead? So yes, lots of scientific evidence that um, go behind the things we talk about. There's a lot of psychology involved as well. Um, why it's hard to make behavior change, why it might be difficult for some people to let things go. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, that's, that was my major. In, what have in you college. learned about it? Like, what is that? Have you learned it enough to be like, oh, hey, this is, these are some good takeaways? Yes. Um, I, you know, there's a lot around. So the, the psychology of why it's hard to make behavior change, we just need to set ourselves up for reward and trigger to establish a habit so we need some sort of something that can trigger it and and we can call that like habit stacking so let's say I I had a a habit of or I wanted to establish the habit of drinking more water during the day right I've heard that we should be hydrated I'm not drinking enough water so I think about all right well what am I already doing that's a habit that I don't have to think about very much that I could attach that to and I thought of a couple of things so automatically without thinking about it, I brush my teeth every morning. You know, I hope, I hope that's easy for everybody. We don't really have to think about it. We don't have to make a decision around it. It's just ingrained already. So if I could drink a glass of water right after I brush my teeth, there's one down already in the morning. Then I go downstairs and I have some coffee. That's automatic. It's just part of my morning routine. I don't think about it. It just happens. So what if I could drink a glass of water before a cup of coffee? What if that was the coffee was the reward to drinking another glass of water? And then what if before a second cup, I drank another glass of water, right? So somehow fitting this in and tying it to things I'm already doing, that's a, a scientific way or a, a you know, it's like linking, trip. you're linking it your is. brain. It is. Yeah. And it, is this why your skin stacking. looks so good? <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually doing so this because you look like you're like 25? What's happening? Oh I need to gosh. start drinking more water. Oh, the water does help. Yeah, a little collagen protein powder uh, also is uh, supposed oh. to help skin. So, yeah. Oh, and then a lot a of idea. sunscreen, sunscreen and moisture. <laughs> yeah, you look really, really good. So, oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Um, Okay, so I like that. And then what was the other thing, the trigger? So that's the trigger. Yeah, so the trigger is I'm brushing my teeth. Oh yeah, now I want to drink a glass of water, right? The trigger is, oh, that coffee smells so good. I can't wait to have a cup. I'm going to need to drink a glass of water, right? And that can create a habit? I can create a habit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, you know, some of this does take discipline, right? I mean, some of it does take, we, we can't just say, oh, I like the idea of that, but then you don't set things up around it. So an idea could be that, you know, again, if, if you have a, an evening routine, maybe it's brush, brushing your teeth at the end of the day, that you also at the same time set out a glass of water for the morning, especially if you don't like icy cold water first thing. So now it sits out overnight, it's room temperature in the morning. So what can we do to create success in our environment? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that again, could be if you have a goal to... Uh, so I am the person who does that. Yeah. I have all the vitamins. I have the thing. Uh-huh, I have set uh-huh. them out on a Sunday. I even have uh-huh. it on my calendar, a trigger, organized vitamins. Yep. So for like, I'm embarrassed to say how long, but for a while I just get it and I hit delete and I still have the vitamins in the uh-huh. thing. 
Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. know how long they've been in there. And I'm just kind of in one mode or not. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And that can be another, again, this is scientific evidence shows that we can't try to change too many things at one time. Mm. So when we try to establish new habits, we need to be able to focus, to practice it, to establish it with some consistency and a lot of repetition. When we try and change too many things, our brain can go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist all of it because I don't really know what to do with all this new information, all this new input. So, so how long does it take? Trip. How long would the water take? And then you're like, okay, and now step two would be vitamins or yeah, as an yeah. example. So I'd love to give you an answer to that. And, and you know, you could probably Google this question and you'll find lots. So some, some 10,000 hours or something. Say, yeah. 10,000 hours is uh, like, Somebody said to establish mastery in something. Oh. Someone else says 21 days. Oh, yeah, 21 days. days. Oh, yeah, the mastery mm-hmm. is the 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. The yep. habit yep. is, yeah, like 21 days. 21 days. That's a common answer you'd find. But, you know, I, I say results will vary. I mean, I think it depends on the person. I think it depends on the um, degree of change you're trying to make. So how big of a shift is this new thing for mm-hmm. you? Um, how, you know, how easy is it for you? So... That I don't have a good answer for you, Shauna, as far as, okay, give it 21 days. What yeah. I will say is a lot of people don't give it long enough. Um, yeah, give they up, want results right? quickly and then they're yes. over it. Yes. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And so um, your business, what, what percentage would you say is now kind of corporate clients mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. residential? Yeah, you asked about how the business started, and I mentioned yeah. residential. It shifted to um, to serve corporate clients and, and busy professionals as well, because I love serving that population. Um, that's when I started to hire employees, was to serve our residential division, and then I turned my attention to corporate. So we're probably now about um, 60% um, busy professionals and corporate clients, and probably about 40% residential. Yeah. And so what are some of the things that you do for corporate clients? So a lot of group training um, and that used to look different than it does today. So today it's a lot of webinar based training, which is great. And I think we can um, effectively get messages through and um, and to help employees through virtual training. Um, A lot of individual consulting. So we have a six month productivity transformation package for an individual who really wants to establish habits. And you'll see we gave it six months because we wanna teach some solid strategies, but we also wanna help people implement, take action, and then make sure that they're really on a good path. So that's a a six month uh, individual consulting package. We have a group virtual productivity program um, that we run online and, and through Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then we do also help physically organize in the workspace too, both through in-person appointments. So now that's masked and, you know, keeping distance and it's happening less often than it used to, but we also can help people virtually. So mm-hmm. working with them through Zoom, seeing their space, that is where you turn your camera around. We'd see what's going on. We'd be able to basically help you do the work, um, mm-hmm. or if you had somebody else in the uh, workspace and, and didn't want another person coming in, we can help direct the work, and then we can help with accountability, and that's a big part of what we do as well. Yeah, well, one of the reasons why I've worked with a couple of your team members, and and one was a year, years, a few actually, but mm-hmm. most recently working with Lynette, I think I emailed you and gave you this feedback. One of the things I love most is um, the sorting part 
when it's your own stuff can be very overwhelming. I would love to do that for someone else. Like, Uh yeah, all of the, whatever it is, we had so many, uh, you know, bottle openers. I'm like, why Uh do we need, why do we need seven (laughs) bottle openers? You get them as like tchotchkes at events. Right. Right. And, you know, they've got this corporate sponsored by blah. I'm like, I don't need this. Why is this in my drawer? Anyway, but her doing that and then me coming in going, yes, yes, no, 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 is so efficient for my personality type. It's the physical labor, the manual Uh part Uh that I hate. Yeah. Like, and, and she just moves so quickly and Uh I'm making, and I'm really good at purging and making fast decisions. I just have to see it in front of me. Right. And, um, and then on top of it, there's not really a judgment feeling. Like I don't feel like she's judging me and saying, why would you be keeping this like old, disgusting, you know, platter? You've got this other beautiful platter. She's like, is this serving you still? You know, she says it in such a nice way. And, um, and I'm like, no, it's not get rid of it quickly, get it out of my face. And then next thing I know, she's got it all out of my physical space. And I'm like, I feel like there's a, an emotional and almost physical transformation, not where I'm like Mm -hmm. literally losing weight, but I feel that feeling. And, um, it's such a gift. I can see where you're in this business. I would imagine that it's um, same as us, like you're not just moving things around and collecting right. money for it. You're changing right. people's lives. Absolutely. Same as like finding someone a job. You're like, for oh, sure. I just changed your life and you changed mine in the way that we had such an incredibly powerful experience together. That's right. Um, and you have to feel safe working yeah. with someone like this. So how is your approach different when you're working in a corporate environment? Because I would imagine that some of my team members wouldn't want to be exposed. You know, like, I don't want to be vulnerable in front of my boss Mm -hmm. or in front of my colleague Mm -hmm. and look, show you that I'm actually have, you know, 3000 unread emails or whatever it is. I think that's why the individual work we do is some of my favorite um, because somebody really can be open and we're not, I mean, unless there is something that really somebody is doing, that's going to take a company down. Uh, we're not going to go and report into the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to help them. We, we, I'd love to meet people where they're at. There is no judgment because we all start from a different place and mm-hmm. we get there for different reasons. So, you know, you just mentioned 3000 items in the inbox. I mean, we've seen 30,000. I've seen 300 and somebody stressed out about it. Do you have systems for that that you recommend? Because I actually, when I used to train people, (laughs) I had, I wanted to give them my, my way. Yeah. And I'm like realizing brains all work differently. Some people Mm -hmm. like to have 75 different windows open at the same time where I close each window as I go. Yeah. So are there ways that you recommend to work? Yep, there are definitely things that we'll recommend. And here's the beauty again of the individual consult. I mean, group training is great because it can get a team all on the same page and talking the same language around a topic like email management. But then you are going to have people with different styles and preferences and needs. And so when we can even follow group training with individual implementation sessions or work with somebody one-on-one, then we can find out what's working for them and what's not in their current situation. And we don't try and change much with what's working because it's already working. We want to focus then on where are the challenges. Mm-hmm. And you know, anybody open to making a change is going to you know, have more success than somebody who says, my boss says you have to be here, so just what do I need to do? Yeah. That, that, they're not open-minded, right? I think it's part of our job to show them what the win is, what the benefit is, if they are to come up with a system and together we partner with them to do that, that works for them. So there's no one size fits all. 
That said, we can say, hey, for a lot of people, um, it's super distracting to have 100 windows open and it slows your computer down and, 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 you know, have you tried having just three windows open and what would, you know, what would that be like for you? So it's, I think, kind of part of a test and measure. So let's try this change. Let's see how that works. Let's see if it's any better. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then that wasn't the fix. So you need to find something else. Color coding, flags, like how do you teach people how to manage their inbox? So with Inbox, we teach a system to process things out of it. Um, okay. So you you asked about analogies. I love the analogy um, that I get to share with people around your inbox, kind of like your mailbox at home. So most people do have some sort of a method or system when they go get their mail, whether that's every day, every few days, but they go out, they open the mailbox, they take the mail. Maybe they're even starting to sort it on their way back into their place. And when they get inside, they're taking that mail and maybe again that you know oh this I need to act on this I just file it away and this I can get rid of right so some sort of method around the mail even if they don't have time and they're putting it on the kitchen counter or wherever for now um, they'll come back to it later and and sort that out do you ever have people or know of people that take some of that mail or all of that mail and say I don't have time to deal with it right now I'm going to go walk back out to the mailbox I'm going to put it back in the mailbox I'll look at it tomorrow we wouldn't do that, right? Because what's going to happen is then the mail carrier the next day is going to put more new mail on top of the mail we've already put our hands on and already looked at. And if we kept doing that and bringing it in, now we don't know what we've looked at and what we haven't already. And we're going to go put, it just, it would be crazy, right? People do that with their inbox. They look at an email, they open it, they read it. Oh, I'm not going to deal with this right now. They close it, they move on, right? Well, the mail carrier, the email system is continuing to deliver new email and what happens is that things that are important then do get buried um, there are ways to color code and flag and sort within an inbox but I don't find many of them to be super effective so we teach a system that helps people process mail out of their inbox in order to do that they need good reference files they need good reference systems whether that's within their email program or some other cloud-based program, or if they're working in a team on a, a shared drive, um, we need to be able to put email that we need to reference in one place. And then we need to be able to take email that we need to act on. So you're kind of hearing some um, common themes here in some sort of action management system. So whether that's Outlook tasks or calendaring these things, but getting them out of the inbox. So that's that's what we Okay, on. that'd be really interesting for me to learn how to do because I was thinking as you were talking that I look at my um, inbox on my phone a lot. Uh -huh. And if I'm like, oh, I'm just quickly, like right now we're, we're looking at a, a VRBO because we're maybe trying mm -hmm. to go. So there's like three of those. And then it's um, a meeting with a financial advisor that we're talking to. And it's like going to take more concentration. And I have mm -hmm. to, like, and then there's a client saying, can we set up a call? That's right. obviously, but I don't want to just go, yeah, sure. How's Tuesday without looking at my calendar, slowing right. down. Right. So I kind of just sort through and then mm -hmm. I am really scared. The biggest thing Biggest disaster one to drop would be the client mm -hmm. one. It's like, can right. we talk? Right, agreed. So agreed. I would put a flag on that and then mm -hmm. I would look at them later. I'd look at yeah. my flags. And then yeah. also I try to sort by date and then I sometimes sort by um, person. Yep. And then after I've done yep. the person, I just drag and drop. Is anything pending with Debbie and I, Debbie and mm -hmm. me? Um, right now and if you were like right. no then i'm like you know my assistant or someone i'm like scroll through and just delete all debbie 
Yep. Or a drag okay. and drop to the Debbie file. <laughs> yeah. So my first question is, is that working for you? Are things sometimes I, I really don't drop balls often, but when I do, yeah. I am like panicked. Like that's just yeah. awful to me. It's like my worst nightmare because I'm in the service industry like you. And mm-hmm. I think half of the reason why people love working with us is because we have a sense of urgency yeah. and we have an intensity around follow through right. and I preach it, you know, to my team yep. and to our clients and I, that's how I sell. And so, right. and I feel that that's who we are, but every now and then something slips and I'm like yeah. panicked. I know it's, 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 again, it happens, happens to everybody. And I think that can happen even when you have a good system in place yeah. because yeah. technology can be wonky. You know, it's, you could have had a personal emergency on a day yeah. and not kept up with your system, you know, any number of things um, can happen, but you know, what you described the um, need to work from this small device, you know, it's, it's harder. It's, it's harder, harder to do that yeah. than sitting in front. So, you know, I, I would, if we were working on this together, I would be asking a lot of questions about, okay, you know, is processing email from your phone the best thing for you? Can you carve out some time to be sitting in front of your computer, even if it's like twice a day? Um, what you're doing now with the flagging and that sort of thing is is great as long as you have a reliable system to then deal with those flags. Yeah. It's getting better and basis. better. I mean, COVID's interesting because yeah. it's like, I was always doing phone and computer, but um, uh-huh. yeah, it's just interesting right now. It's just such a different time. So yeah. So when did you, I want to move on to this book because I'm so excited yeah, and yeah. super proud of you. I'm very impressed. I can't imagine the discipline it takes. Um, habit for a thriving home office. Your timing, I mean, you are, your timing could not be better. You're going to blow this up. So um, when did you write it? Um, so started the process in March and this is a collaborative project. So I told you that both books I've written have been falling under somebody's structure. So the co-author on this is Steve Sambliss. Um, and I was introduced to him. He actually reached out and said, Hey, your name was given to me. I have this process for you know, producing and publishing these books. And what I do is I look for a subject matter expert. I have the book structure, uh, but I need a subject matter expert in this topic who will then help invite in contributing writers. So this book, Shauna, is a collaborative project. Steve and I worked together to um, have over 70 people contribute a chapter. And each chapter is that person's suggested one habit to have a thriving home office. They also submitted one unhabit. So one thing they'd recommend you stop doing to have a thriving home office. So it's super practical. You can just open the book up and read a single chapter and think about how can I apply that or does that work for me? Because with 70, over 70 to choose from, even if you just have a handful that are um, you know, going to be life or business changing for you, that's enough, right? Yeah. Um, so process was started in March and we officially published, I think, on July 9th. Um, so it just came out this this last month. It took um, you know just a, a matter of months to to get it put together, and that's that was in part because of the process that Steve already And what had are in place. Some, what are some of your favorites um, that are your kind of three favorite takeaways of to do and to undo? Oh, that's good. Good question. Um, I would say, um, well, 
I, I wrote about compartmentalization. So I, you know, a bit biased, but of course that's my favorite since that's what I wrote about. Um, I think the idea of when we're working from home, it's so easy. And this is one of the pluses of working from home that life and work get all mixed up. Um, if we can have some structure and some compartmentalization to separate work and personal life. It doesn't mean we can't throw a load of laundry in in the middle of the day, but we should be doing that as an intentional break. Like, okay, I've finished something. I need to get up and move. Let me go throw a load of laundry in, right? So like we a can calendared have, event? It could be calendared. It doesn't even have to be that structured, but to say, all right, well, I've just spent the last two hours, um, you know, working on this project. And I, I need I need a brain break, right? I need to get up. I need to stretch. I need to move. I, well, I'm going to go take something off my personal list while I do that, and and then I'm going to take a break. But I'm only going to do that, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to work on this. So um, yes, it can be you know calendared if you want it to be, but it can also just be the idea that I'm going to bring one thing to closure before I do another. What a lot of people do is. I'm bored with this right now. I'm just going to go check this or, mm -hmm. um, Ooh, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting frustrated. I, Oh, you know, there's, there's a shiny object. Um, so we can be distracted in, in many different ways when that's intentional. It's okay. Right. We need to take breaks during the day. Another thing that I love and that helps with compartmentalization is the idea of creating a commute. So, um, this was actually came from a client of mine. Uh, her name's Amy, and she used to drive um, from where she lives. She's in the, I think, Tukwila area to downtown Seattle every day. And um, that drive or that commute, she actually was in a carpool. Uh, it created the separation of home and got her mentally ready to enter the office and to work productively. And then the drive home helped her kind of let things go that she had dealt with at work and re-enter personal life. So with that gone, when she was asked to work from home, she created a commute for herself. So she went from finishing her morning routine, she would um, wrap up her personal stuff for the morning, physically walk out the front door, do a block around her neighborhood, walk back in and sit down and work. And then at the end of the day, she'd close up what she was working on and she'd physically get up, leave where uh, work was happening and go out the front door and do the reverse block and basically come back Gosh, home. Right? The reverse commute. So, yes. So it got her some movement in the day. It helped her clear her mind from one or the other and transition into, you know, where she was going. And it just created that separation for her. So I think that's a, a fantastic idea as well. Wow. Those are some yeah. good ones. And so from, yeah. from other people, were there some that surprised you? Like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of this. Yeah. Um, there were a couple on, on the importance of movement and exercise. Um, there's a really wide variety of contributors to the book. And I love that male, female, uh, you know, diverse in so many ways and diverse in voices. So um, one person wrote specifically about, it was really speaking to um, pet owners, you know, when pets are a distraction, when working from home, his suggestion was you got to get them out and get them moving, get them running in the morning. Like that was his suggested habit. So mm -hmm. that's so specific. Um, but yeah, it no, makes it's sense, true. Right? It's true because yeah. they're needy. My dog is like, where are you going? Like she's, yeah. she's not happy yeah. when I leave her these days. Interesting. Right. So how have you been able to, um, I guess, navigate during this 
time. You guys are used <laughs> to working remotely, but you're used uh-huh. to your clients letting you uh-huh. be in their home and be in their right. office. And so right. how has this impacted your business? Yeah, um, it definitely had a significant impact in the spring. So March, April, May, things got super quiet. And during that time, we had to focus our energy to let people know about our virtual services. Um, and that then has now started to pick up. Um, we also entered a phase in, in King County and um, in many areas of the country where it was okay to reestablish work as long as you, you know, kept safe while doing it. So wearing masks, keeping uh, social distance, limiting time with other people, um, you know, not having big groups together. Obviously, these are all um, smart things to be doing during a pandemic. But because we were able to um, go in and provide services some people have felt comfortable for that to pick up again yeah I think the biggest pivots were uh, you know emphasizing our virtual services yeah I mentioned in-person training turned into webinar training um, for a lot of our corporate clients Mm -hmm. and then you know just took some time to work on a project I'm so proud of you that's incredible a lot of people are just like peace out and of course you go write a book so um, a couple (laughs) last couple questions I'm gonna let you let you jump but um of your webinars, I know you do a ton and I love, I've watched several of them. Which ones are your most uh, frequently downloaded? Well, the one that's um, available for you know public consumption and purchase is Organized to Optimize. Um, it's on our website in the shop and it's a great overview. So it talks about the importance of and strategies for organizing your stuff in your space. It talks about organizing time and schedule and priorities. Um, so that is comprehensive enough and it, it we call it a mini course because it's in three videos and it has handouts and implementation exercises it's super easy to consume and to do something about so I'd say that's a popular one Um, webinars that are done still live so not in person but live via zoom that are most popular with our corporate audience right now is work productively from home because they need to be able to do that Um, multitasking makes you stupid and let's see. Oh, and maximize your energy to optimize your productivity. Um, those are probably our three most popular topics and have been um, over the last few months. And, you know, what I see scheduled out uh, coming forward as well. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I wish you all the best. Just tell me before we hang up real quick, are there any key takeaways of like going forward into this, hopefully back to what quote, total quotes, normal, there will probably never be what we thought of as normal. Yeah. But are are there any takeaways of like, I want to continue to live in this way, like we do more this now, and I wish we had always done this. Yep. I I think that is such a good thing for everyone to be thinking about is what, what has happened for them or what has their life been like over the last few months because of the um, pandemic COVID-19 that they want to carry forward into their new normal. Um, For me, I, and I think for a lot of people, you know, the, the scare of, um, of the pandemic has really gotten us to focus on what's important. All the things we haven't been able to do and that I miss and I'll recognize, I mean, we, we missed some significant major trips. Um, I can't wait to travel again. However, you know, we still celebrated the, so it was my 50th birthday. We were supposed to be in Hawaii and, you know, doing that. We still celebrated the birthday and I had close family, you know, my 
my kids and my husband. And really that's what mattered, right? Mm -hmm. Was that we were together and we still celebrated. Would I like to go to Hawaii? Yes, I would like to go to Hawaii. That'll happen. Um, you know, same thing, we had a, a Europe trip planned. It'll happen. Um, but what was really important was focus on health. Um, so some of the health benefits that people have seen, or, you know, I see people out walking more and, and doing more around health. You mentioned you're cooking more and trying some new recipes, maybe involving others in your household. That's happened in our household too. I'd like to see some of that continue. So emphasis yeah. on family, health and wellness. I just think those are things that, um, you know, we certainly can't buy and um, are, are just, are just so important. Yeah. Just the quality time and who you surround yourself with helping yeah. define kind of how you feel and how you look yeah. at the world and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I always ask this as my last question. It's ultimately what fuels you? Uh, um, what fuels me, I think is um, my kids, family, um, watching other people and then sometimes getting to be a part of their journey in reaching their goals. Like I, I love to see people make a change that's meaningful to them and get new results that, that impact them and allow them to be their best selves um, or have what they want in life. That, that fuels me every day. Yeah. Well, I could not recommend you and your team simply placed more. So I'm really grateful for the, um, order and help that you've given me personally. And, um, and I hope that you have lots of success with your new book and your business and that you stay healthy. I'm sending you all sorts of air hugs and love. Thank you. Okay. you. I'll talk to Back you later. You. All right. Thanks, okay, Shana. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the what fuels you podcast. Be sure to subscribe rate and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com to provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You.